0: Hello and welcome to the 12th episode of the iRace We Gamble podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Alex Crum, joined again by Josh Slimer.
1: We're going road racing, Crum. I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, we got silly season starting and uh, the right turns are starting. I guess we got a few already, but like now it's like proper road course season, it feels like.
1: And we got a lot of them this year.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do.
1: They, uh, they definitely increased their
0: uh, frequency on the schedule, so... Should make things interesting for the playoff picture, too.
1: Code is where? Texas? Austin, Texas. That's Boston, right. Austin, Texas. Purpose built based on
0: F1 courses for F1 cars, and it's now hosting an Aspire race.
1: Hopefully it's, hopefully it's not too thin. No, it's, that, you'd be surprised how wide
0: the F1 cars are and uh, how wide the track is in some places. Um, but first, let's, uh, let's start talking about that silly season I mentioned. Um... Just wanted to kind of cover this up front since it's uh, big news this week is that Brad Keselowski is going to be a part owner of Roush and is going to drive for them next year. Um, And this is about the time in the season when we get into what's known as silly season and we start hearing about who's signing a contract or an extension or who might retire for next year. So i am just kind of go through that real quick and uh, get your reactions to it, Josh. But here are some of the big names to look at. Um, So Kurt Busch in the one car. His deal expires, um, but he is the main reason that car is sponsored by Monster Energy. And these days, having a sponsor associated with you is very helpful since that's a big part of what teams need. Um, Not only do they need you to be quick, a sponsorship helps a ton. Um, So Kurt Busch doesn't have a ride yet next year, Uh, could stay in the one, but I could also see him either retiring, going to a different team, maybe an expansion team. Um, We'll see. Brad Keselowski, we already just mentioned, uh, moving to Rash Fenway. Austin Dillon, uh, not expected to go anywhere, but his contract does run out this year. Uh, Ryan Newman uh, is believed to have signed a three-year contract, so he should have one expiring this year. So him moving to Roush, or I mean, Keselowski moving to Roush means that Newman is likely the odd man out. Um, So I expect Ryan Newman to either retire or move to a different team, potentially. Um, He's kind of at the point in his career, though, where retirement seems like the most likely option. Uh, you got Al- Eric Almarola, It's last year of his contract, but he brings the Smithfield sponsorship. I know he's had a terrible year so far this year, but um, if he turns it around and doesn't continue on this slide, then uh, I think he's pretty safe, especially with the sponsorship side of things. Uh, Chris Busher in the 17 at Roush, His contract ends after 2021, um, but the Roush Fenway team says they expect him to remain with the team at least the next three years, but well beyond that. Um, so it looks like Chris Busher is kind of the driver of the future for roush And if they improve with Keslowski and stuff, that could be a big name to look out for. It's had a good year so far too. Um Matt De Benedetto was looking like he was gonna be the odd man out with Austin sindrick replacing him. But because is leaving the two, what it looks like is sindrick will take the two and De Benedetto will stay in the 21, unless a different free agent, somebody like Kurt Bush, maybe, um, could take that ride from him. We'll yet to see. Um, Michael McDowell is believed to have a year-to-year contract in the 34. Although coming off a Daytona 500 win, I feel like he might have earned his spot in that team. Uh, Ryan Priest, uh, he's in the 37. That sort of is up in the air at this point. Um, Ross Chastain, we don't know what his contract length is, but it's believed to be one year. So, um, based on his improvements that we've seen recently, I think he's and you know he's a young driver, so I expect him to kind of get renewed at Chip Ganassi at the 42. Uh, then Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Um, announced a multi-year agreement starting in 2020. So we don't know if that was just two years to the end of this year or further. But if it ends this year, um, Stenhouse could be a name that moves. And then Alex Bowman, his contract runs out this year, but they're working on a multi-year extension. He just won. He's got two wins on the season. I feel like he is pretty safe bet to stay with Hendrick. Um, so any reaction
1: after hearing all that, Josh? That was a lot to dissect. <laughs> um i think it's like, interesting i did so two two things jump out at me um the fact that the sponsors are tied to the driver rather than the team
0: it's a, it's uh dependent on the team or driver so some drivers right. have, like relationship with a sponsor and they will follow me to a new team or some drivers they get their sponsorship through the team
1: right that makes sense but yeah interesting interesting that that goes both ways i didn't think it would be that way
0: yeah. I'll just say that the sponsorship in NASCAR is kind of a mixture of what you see in other sports where most other sports you have endorsements outside of the team and then you have the team, right? So the team has like in the NBA, they have little sponsors now in the Jersey, but that's completely separate from, you know, endorsements that the, or the uh, player might have outside of it. But NASCAR is like a mixing of those two things pretty much.
1: So oddly enough, that's exactly the, uh, point that i was gonna go to (laughs) the lakers might be sponsored by adidas but that doesn't change the fact that lebron has a deal with nike exactly yeah um so i thought that was interesting do they not have to disclose their contract details
0: no private companies
1: that is interesting also to me
0: yeah, there's a lot of reports and stuff that you like. Sometimes teams will announce what they plan, but other times they're not. Uh, they don't have to make them public. Is there any advantage to that? I don't know. Probably mm-hmm. from an industry perspective, maybe they like you know not having the drivers, uh, you know, salary information out there, or maybe their agent doesn't want the salary information out there. I don't know.
1: Just trying to one up the other team. Yeah, potentially. Interesting. Hmm but yeah it'll be it'll be cool to see the movement and where people land um and it seems like maybe there's some movement around where we'll get a few more teams kind of up and challenging and putting weekly contenders up but well uh, i mean that remains to be seen but it sounds mm-hmm. like there might be a little bit more talent disbursement coming up into next year
0: yeah that and the next gen car i think are going to be the big factors for um some big shifts that we might see in the landscape of you know teams doing well like rush fenway oddly enough was the last team to finish one two three four like hendrick did this past weekend uh but they did it in 2005 in it the early to mid 2000s roush was like the hendrick or jgr or penske that we see today and currently they're Nowhere near that. They've got Ryan Newman and Chris Busher who are fine, but they're nowhere near the top contenders. Right. So with Keselowski moving there, we could see them sort of return to dominance. Who knows? I don't know if they'll expand beyond their two-car team. They used to have five cars. So I think the limit right now is four, though. So, yeah, a lot of, a lot of big names moving around, potentially. I think the main ones really of interest, outside of what we already know, is like Kurt Busch, De Benedetto, and maybe McDowell. Maybe Almirola. Those four could mix mix a bit um to some you know, either swap teams or something along those lines, but we'll see. Um, also important to note that twenty three eleven uh, might expand to a second team, so that could be a destination for somebody. um and College Racing who fields AJ Almendinger's car could uh, consider doing a full- time season with one of their drivers. So we'll see. be interesting uh, throughout the summer to kind of find out more information. Just wanted to cover that. Um and I know we we just touched on the next gen car. And uh one of the one of the things that was uh on the internet this week, a lot of discussion around it is that number placement that we kind of talked about recently, um, where you know NASCAR and NBC tweeted out that uh the numbers could be slid forward, remain where they are, slide back, and Denny Hamlin said he wants them to be moved forward uh based on what he has seen from sponsor's response to
1: it. I would agree with him, I think. It just seems like there's a little more room from the doors to the back side panel than there mm-hmm. are from the doors to the front side panel. So if you slide the number up, to me it seems like it gives more ability for the sponsors to expand their design.
2: Yeah, Which I think exactly. is the
1: whole point of it, right? Make the cars look cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's honestly it's it's completely sponsor driven. Like this, this is coming from like how can NASCAR you know maximize the space for sponsors on the car um, while not losing the identity of the number because I think the big bold number on the side and top is sort of iconic with NASCAR. They don't want to make reduce the size of them and make them you know really tiny like on F one cars. You barely even see them. Um, They're there, but it's it's not as prominent. And I I like the fact that they're keeping the size. Hopefully. one thing that I saw a lot of was uh, people suggesting that basically NASCAR say your number can be anywhere f- between like the front wheel and the rear wheel. So in that sort of front to back slid area, and it has to have a minimum size, but the teams can decide where they want it. I think that would make a lot of sense, but I guess there's a concern of, you know consistency. I don't think like if we if we look at that tweet that I uh, mentioned from NASCAR and NBC, Like, if there were three cars with those three number locations, I don't think it would look that bad if they were different on different cars.
1: Yeah, I don't think it would either.
0: The cars, every
1: car looks different to begin with.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I I think it'd be cool if they just allow the teams to decide. That way, you know, sponsors can dictate that and it doesn't have to be a one-size-fits-all. But we'll see where that goes for the next-gen car. Um, also, I uh, want to point out that we created an iRace WeGamble Twitter handle. It's just the title of the show. No spaces or your punctuation. Um, and my main reason for doing that was because the qualifying for the Sunday's race is Sunday morning. And so a lot of our picks and what we think about who we should start in our lineups is going to depend on not only qualifying that morning, but also the practice session on Saturday. Um, and so I wanted to just provide a place where we can sort of update what we think our picks might be for the race, uh, sort of immediately and not have to go through the process of recording a podcast, publishing it. And by the time you would listen to it, the race would be starting. So, um, check out iRaceWeGamble, give it a follow, and, uh, we'll post our updates to our lineups and any thoughts we have after qualifying and practice there, um, might be our, our personal handles just getting retweeted or whatnot, but that's, that's where you can go for any fantasy information or updates that we might have. Um, So you can also add us if you want to ask a question or have any feedback. But we do still also have the email address if you want to reach out that way. It's iracewegamble at gmail.com. All right. After all the the upfront stuff I wanted to get through, uh, let's take a quick detour into some iRacing stuff that happened this week. Um, I will say, I realized I didn't even have Coda downloaded or paid for uh through iRacing and i thought about it and i was like you know what this track is so difficult and i would have such a pain in the ass time trying to drive it that i'm not even going to bother this week i'm not going to run coda i'm not going to pay the 12 dollars or 10 dollars it is to uh to ram my head against the wall trying to figure out how to drive these things um so i just watched the the e-nascar coke series which was on tuesday and i watched the pro Mm -hmm. or i didn't watch the pro invitational last night but i did watch the highlights um and so from the Coke Series race, uh, it was pretty nuts in turn one. There was a huge stack up of cars, like four and five wide. Um, the William Byron eSports drivers, uh, Logan Clampett and Nick Ottinger, both sort of scented up the inside in different parts of the pack, caused some issues. <laughs> there was uh, at least three or four different cars spun out in the first turn because of just everybody stacking up. Um, one of the spotters that I, I watched, David Schildhaus, Uh, when they were going into turn one, he told his driver many inside. He didn't say one inside, two inside. He just said many inside because they were just like three or four wide underneath him. So pretty entertaining. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But with iRacing on road courses, they don't throw cautions. So once the field got kind of strung out, it was pretty boring the rest of the race. Kind of like, okay, everybody's where they're at and make one pit stop and you're good. The uh, winner of the race was Mitchell DeYoung um and it was not surprising because this is Mitchell DeYoung's first year in the Coke Series the like top level for NASCAR but he is actually a pro at road racing and has won like they have a Porsche Cup uh that they run and he's won races in that as a as a road racer and so the fact that he has the only pro road license in the whole field made it very unsurprising that he was the best road racer um so we watched Mitchell DeYoung uh, kind of dominate that race. Um, easy for him. Impressive to watch. And then in the Pro Invitational, um, a guy that I think might be worth looking at, um, not just because of the Pro Invitational. It's you know, not the same as the real thing. But James Davison won that race. Um, he's been running well. He's a decent eye racer in general. But he's also got a road racing background. Um, and I, was, I went back and watched the Daytona Roval race or parts of it. And at one point before that uh, rain caution that was questionable that NASCAR threw in the race, um, he was running 15th, which is really good because his uh, price this week is $3,000. So quick preview to the, to the uh, FanDuel stuff. Uh, just had to shout out James Davison who won and say that he might be a good play this week. Uh, Anthony Alfredo also finished second. Might also be a decent value play, but honestly, I think that was more just him being good at iRacing. Um and I will say, in watching the highlights, uh, the, Boyer is just, he never does well at these iRacing events. And there's actually a good word for him and how he raced in this, which is that most people call anyone who's sort of all over the track and disregarding where other drivers are as a weapon. So, you, like, if you see somebody just like not really giving anyone room and just running through people, you usually call them a weapon in iRacing. Um, and Boyer was being a weapon uh, in that race. he 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 tried to make a pit stop and literally ran into the leader of the race, James Davison, who still ended up winning. But it was like, "Oh, God, Boyer, why just get out of the way." <laughs> <sighs> Rough showing for him. Um, but other than that, I uh, haven't done much iRacing racing this week, but um, just watched those two events. and it was it was relatively entertaining, um, but I'm worried about how strung out the cars can get at Coda and uh, might make for a relatively boring race on sunday we'll see okay quick detour into the uh monaco grand prix this weekend one of the most prestigious f1 grand prix on the calendar uh, before we get back to the nascar stuff um, really excited for this race they didn't get to run it last year because of covid um, it's honestly the race itself usually isn't that exciting because the track is so narrow and it's so hard to pass but it's also one of the most technical, demanding tracks there is. Like, you make any mistakes, you're hitting a wall, guaranteed. Uh, so you got to be very careful and also very fast, which is not the easiest thing in the world. Um, but they've had two practices so far already um, for Monaco uh, before qualifying. Which qualifying is honestly the event to watch for Monaco because that really means a lot and uh, usually is gonna you know determine who wins. So. Based on practice, it looks like Ferrari might be the strong team this weekend, which is interesting. I and mean, we haven't seen them sort of top the leaderboards until this weekend. Daniel um, Ricciardo with McLaren didn't show much speed, so that's a little concerning. Although I did hear they were potentially messing around with some setups in practice that maybe you know were more of an experiment um, than anything. And so you know it could be that he finds that speed in qualifying if they revert the setup back to what he's used to or what they've been using. Um, and then I also expect Mercedes and Red Bull to kind of challenge for the pole. Uh, but Ferrari being in the battle makes it more of a fi- four or five car battle. I think, uh, if you're looking at guys who can win pole, I'd say it's either the Mercedes. So Hamilton or Verstappen, or I mean, uh, Hamilton or, uh, Botas. And then I think Verstappen will have a shot at it. And I think both Leclerc and Signs on um, Ferrari could get a shot at it. So those are the five guys I expect to battling it out for pole and um, some other names that were notable in the practice charts, uh, Lando Norris ran well, Pierre Gasly was running better than he has been, and uh, Sebastian Vettel also uh, looking better than he has in the past few weeks. Okay, so I made some lineup changes that I alluded to last podcast for my F1 lineup, um, although I didn't realize that if you confirm your changes and then go back and make more changes, now the practice is over and you have some of that information, it counts against you. Uh, in terms of your, like, number of subs you can make, and in terms of whether you make more than four substitution, it costs you, like, a point penalty. So I kind of got screwed by that, but I'll kind of go over the changes I made. Um, I dropped Sonoda and Gasly, both the Alpha Tauris, because they haven't been running that well lately. Um, I picked up Esteban Ocon, because he's been sort of outperforming what I expected. And I also picked up uh, Charles Leclerc, because he's been running really well with Ferrari. Um, initially, I dropped signs for Russell, uh, but that was something I ended up reversing after seeing the practices and seeing that signs is running really well. Um, but in order to keep signs and drop Russell, I had to change my constructor. So I swapped out Red Bull for Ferrari this weekend. I think that overall, Red Bull is a better team, but Ferrari is looking really, really strong this weekend. And I kind of want to try to take advantage of that and kind of make Leclerc my turbo driver instead of Norris add science to the team, add Ferrari to the team, um, and so I've got basically relying heavily on Ferrari to carry me this week. Josh, did you make any uh, F1 lineup changes this weekend?
1: I am in the middle of trying to get it to work. Are <laughs> <laughs> <Already> you signed in. <laughs> but I really I don't want to take Ocon out and then yeah. have to go below him because he's, he's kind of the lowest I want to go. But I really want to get Leclerc into my lineup.
0: Yeah, let me see. I'm going to look at the lineups here. So, Ocon is at 10.6 million. Um, and I would tend to agree the guys below him are Kimi Raikkonen at 9.3, Sonoda at 8.7, Giovanazzi at 7.8. And then you've got the um, Haas cars and the Williams cars, which are kind of bringing up the back of the lineup. So, who are your other drivers other than Ocon, though?
1: I have Norris, Sainz, Verstappen, Giovinazzi, and Ocon.
0: Okay. Who is and Red Bull. Red Bull? Yeah, so I would say the only way you can afford to get Leclerc is if you want to basically triple up on Ferrari and put them in your lineup like I did over Red Bull. And then you can swap Leclerc in for um, Giovinazzi. Because that then you would have the exact same lineup as me, though. <laughs> But I, I'm getting a point penalty because I changed my lineup too many times. So if you have the exact same lineup as me, you're guaranteed to basically get 20 points on me. I don't know if you want to take that strategy.
1: Wait, I can't do that. Wait, really? You
0: can't have Verstappen, Ocon, Leclerc, Norris, Sainz, and Ferrari? Nope. Oh, okay. So it must have been that my my good buy low, sell
1: high that I've been doing because I have a budget of one, 101.2. So... All right, let me check what mine is. This card changes. Hundred point eight.
0: Okay, yeah. So I've my based on my selections and how their prices changed so far through the year, I've gained point four million on you, which allows me to have that lineup. So yeah, you would have to swap out Ocon for Giovinazzi, potentially, um, and then you could have my a similar lineup to what I'm doing.
1: Right. So all that being said, I'm probably staying put again.
0: Okay. So you've got a more Red Bull lineup.
1: By, uh, Turbo, though.
0: Yeah, I think that's smart. I don't think Norris is the turbo to have, although I don't think he's going to be bad. But you're probably going to be picking between Norris and Signs for sure. Yeah, I've I've got the players my turbo. That's what I'm doing this weekend. So curious to see how this all goes. We'll uh, be cur- I'll I'll have to take a look at qualifying. I plan to watch it live early Saturday morning. That takes care of the F1 stuff. Let's talk a little bit about Dover before we move on to Kota this weekend. Um. As I mentioned already, Hendrick dominates. Finishes one, two, three, four. First time that's happened since 2005, which is incredibly impressive. Um, It's kind of shocking that Joe Gibbs hasn't had a one through four finish with the drivers they have at any point since then. But I guess they just they just haven't had all four take it like uh, Hendrick did this weekend. Is pretty crazy. Um, Also, Martin Truex Jr. I thought he would have a great race. He doesn't have. He has a good. sort of I guess reputation at Dover I thought and he was nowhere to be found that was I don't know what happened um and then the two biggest unlucky drivers of the race had to be Kyle Bush and Eric Elmerola um Elmerola even more so because he made it three-fourths of the way through the race um before having a tire go down and slamming the wall um, and knocked the wind out of him had had trouble kind of just even getting out of the car which never liked to see that um just unbelievably unlucky for him and then kyle bush with his engine issue that only went away after he went seven laps down so he really had no time to make it up um finishes as one of the worst plays of the week as my lock
3: which sucks <laughs> um, but yeah just unlucky unlucky for those Josh, what did you think about the race? Any reaction to it? You know,
1: I feel like we've kinda had two boring races in a row.
3: Yeah, they were
0: pretty pretty straightforward. Nothing crazy happened.
1: Um, yeah. you know, I mean Larson dominating, Truex dominating. Yep. Not a lot. Not really a ton in terms of action, not a lot of cautions. No. Pretty standard, scheduled pit stops. Not a lot of real crazy overlapping strategy. We saw a little bit of pit strategy. The guys who were a little bit off the lead, like 10th through 18th, came in. Oh, right. They couldn't get the the caution to come out afterwards. Yeah, there was like Um, a
0: 10-lap run between cautions, and some of the guys pitted for fresh tires to hopefully... Use them to get back to the front, or pass some of the guys in front of them.
1: Yeah, but then it turned out to not work out because they didn't get enough speed from those tires. So yeah. it was interesting. It was also, I think that that's the first race. Is it the only race that's concrete?
0: Um, Bristol is the other concrete track. Bristol's uh, also
1: concrete. Yep. So I didn't and... catch that because it was covered in dirt.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. It's hard to tell with dirt all over the track. What, what surface is.
1: Seriously. <laughs>
0: um, I think Martinsville has concrete in the corners. If you ever notice, like, there's like a different surface in the bottom two lanes in the corners and coming off and onto the corners. Mm. Um, that part of the track is concrete, I think. Still, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. It used to be before Watkins Glen got repaved. Uh, Watkins Glen used to have, uh, concrete paved in the
1: inner part of the corners, which was weird. Yeah, it is. Weird. But, and that repaving was pretty recently, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, I think it was either right before
0: we started going or not long into, it was like 2015, 2016.
1: That's the only reason. I, I think it Go was ahead. 20, I think it was 2014.
0: That, that seems right. Cause it must've been before we started going. Cause you guys wouldn't have seen the, uh the uh, concrete there. The only reason it's, like, notable to me is because in iRacing, when they scanned the track, it was before the repave. So, if you race in iRacing on Watkins Glen, you still see those concrete patches in the corners.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was just another interesting observation for me, but I mean, the race was fine. Uh, you know, a hot, I don't know if this is a really hot takeaway, but Boy, if Larson doesn't take the lead in the last five laps, he is not a closer, huh?
0: No, it's been it's it's nuts at this point. I, there's he he could easily have like five wins right now.
1: Yeah, right? he
0: has won. He could have won in Atlanta before Blaney passed him. Um, he definitely could have won at uh, what was it? Oh, Darlington. He closed on Truex, didn't make the pass. Finishes second. second. Um, there's one. Here he led point.
1: almost 250 laps. Uh-huh. was he the guy leading at
3: Richmond for a long time? Is that right?
0: That sounds right. No, it was Hamlin. My bad. That was Hamlin at uh, Richmond mm. that led a bunch of laps. There was another track that I felt like he led a decent amount, but I can't think of it right now. Um, Phoenix, he looked strong, but had like the pit road penalty. Um, Homestead, I think he was running pretty well uh, He
3: finished yeah, Homestead
1: I mean, Wait, he finished four. He's, he's ran pretty well in every race except for ones where he's had a issue with the car or gotten into a little traffic but boy oh boy mm-hmm. it just seems like he can't put a race away
0: Yeah, it, it. I mean this time it feels like it was on the pit crew um, to a certain degree Although I do remember hearing that Bowman's pit crew had the fastest pit stop of anyone all year on that last pit stop when they took the lead. So I feel like that's more so, you know, uh, Bowman and his team snatching the victory away more so than Larson giving it up. But it's it's gotta be frustrating.
1: That was the first thing he said after he won was that the pit crew got it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely credited his pit crew and, um, I guess Bristol dirt was probably another track where we expected Larson to potentially win before he got caught up in a crash. So yeah, Larson he's been running really well and he feels like a good pick most weeks, but he has had some, uh, some issues closing out races for sure. Um, And I, I, this is, this isn't the most hot takeaway ever, (laughs) but I just, I got to say road courses are going to be really important for the playoff picture going forward. Um, There's a lot of them over the summer. And there's not that many in the playoffs itself. I think it's just the Charlotte Roval. So I feel I feel like they lose importance in the playoffs. But in terms of making the playoffs, um, I feel like we could we could see some big things happen uh, if Chase Elliott dominates like he has been at road courses. That could give him a lot of playoff points, which could be you know have playoff implications in that sense. Um, but I don't know. It could be interesting to see if, you know, somebody who's outside the top 16 in points gets a win at a road course. It could be huge for the playoff picture too. So I just have to say road courses are going to be very important. I'm excited to go to Watkins Glen and see what happens there. Um, but yeah. And then I think if we talk about fantasy surprises, I, I mentioned Trux being off the pace. I almost wonder if it was a situation similar to Keselowski at uh, Darlington. I don't know if he caught this during the broadcast at Dover, but they said that uh, Keselowski and that team found out that they basically had the wrong things installed on the car for Darlington, and that's why they were so far off the pace.
2: So,
1: Jeez, that's embarrassing. Uh,
0: yeah, it is, but so is Truex's performance this weekend, so I, would, I, I just couldn't believe that. Um, he ends up finishing a lap down, I think he was something like 19th or so. Just checking right now. Yeah, 19th car, finishes 19th. Not great. Started first, thought he would stay up there, didn't at all. Even the even the pre-race show was uh, you know, pretty focused on Truex and how well he'd been doing lately. Just didn't go his way this week though. Josh, what what surprised you about the uh the fantasy takeaway from this race?
1: So we're seeing something that's not usually seen um on these seven hundred and fifty horsepower and these short tracks. And Typically, I think we mentioned this two weeks ago or was it maybe last week? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> but but you know, we were talking about it was one of the races we were doing Follow the Leader and we were talking about how there were probably going to be two drivers who would lead 100 plus. Another it driver... Either, it was either
0: Richmond or Martinsville for sure.
1: Yeah, another driver who would lead 80 plus. And then a couple scattered in, in like the 30 range. Mm -hmm. And we just haven't been seeing it. Yeah, Um, there's been a
0: lot of one guy shows, right?
1: Yeah. um, I'm wondering if that's just going to keep going. Uh, these Is this package with the warmer temperatures coming and the tracks getting slicker with more rubber on them? Is that going to cause one guy who gets a little bit of air and can run the line that he wants to run let him just control the entire race and not have anybody be able to catch up to him it's just it's going to be interesting to see cuz if if this is the start of a trend then i think we got to really consider that when we're putting these fantasy lineups together for who our dominator is going to actually be rather than trying to get two of them we gotta try to you, know, you really have to try to pinpoint the one who's gonna yeah. get out and lead yeah I mean we're talking these guys are leading 85% of the laps
0: yeah it's, I mean between Larson this past weekend at Dover, 750 track leads the majority, scores the most points by far because of it um, Truex at Darlington, another 750 horsepower package leads so many laps, wins the race, had to have him in your lineup. Um, go back to Richmond, that was uh, Hamlin, as mentioned. And he led a ton of laps and finished well enough that you should have him in your lineup. So yeah, finding that guy that you think is going to lead a good majority of the laps is is going to be a, obviously great strategy. And I think it be, it's because of the fact that that package makes it relatively easy to pass. It's done on shorter tracks where there's lots of laps to be led. So it's gonna, you know, it's sort of like cream rises to the top even faster than normal, and they stay there and lead the laps that you want. So yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think it's it's gonna be an important thing to keep uh, in mind for any of these 750 tracks, with the exception of the road courses. Obviously, they're gonna be much lower lap count, still 750 package. Um, but yeah, for any of the short tracks, I totally agree. All right, let's take a look at the ideal lineup from Dover. Um, it was the easiest ideal lineup I've ever made, because it was the guys who scored the five most points.
1: Well, oh, that's easy.
0: Yeah, I was really, really happy when I could just be like, oh, all five of these guys fit. Um, the budget for the five guys you, who scored the most was 49200 uh, So it's under 50, easy to do. Uh, Larson in the five car scores 107 points with all those laps led, finishing second. Only gained two spots, but I mean, the lap slide more than made up for all of that. Um, Alex Bowman, only 10,000, gets you 100.3 points, finishes first, gains 15 spots, uh, lead 98 laps. That's going to work every time. Uh, Cole Custer, my buy low of the week, uh, comes in with the third most points at 81 for only six point five thousand. I was very happy with that. Um, he gained 20 spots. Finishes 10th, which is just keeping up with his his record now at Dover, where he's finished 10th and 11th and 10th again. So (laughs) when we go to Dover, pick Cole Custer. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And uh, we finally saw some life out of Chase Elliott this week because Cendrick was just the team to beat. Um, He was 12.5 thousand, which is expensive, but he scored you 80.5 points and you could afford him. Uh, Finishes third, gains five spots, or sorry, finishes fourth in the race. Or no. Sorry, I was confused This fourth most points finishes third in the race, gaining five spots. Great day for him. No lap sled. But I mean, if you had Kyle Larson, you didn't need lap sled. He had them all. And then Suarez in the 99, only 6.7 thousand good pit strategy move. I think he was one of the guys that got tires and made it work Um, finishes. Or maybe he was one of the guys who stayed out and made it work. I think that's actually the case. Um, Finishes ninth. 15 spots that he gained was huge, um, and he had 79.5 points. So those are the five guys in your ready lineup. Had to have him. I already talked about my lock of the week, which was Kyle Busch. Probably would have been decent. I don't know if he would have been the lock that, you know, Larson should have been. Um, but, you know, when you're down a cylinder for the first stage and you fix it, but it takes you... Down seven laps, there's not much you can do unless you get a bunch of caution, which which we didn't see until it was so late in the race that guys were staying out, so you couldn't take wave rounds you couldn't easily get those laps back. Um so I didn't win anything <laughs> this week, especially I actually had winning a uh, winning cash lineup until Al Marola wrecked out. So that that hurt me really bad. I lost five dollars twenty-five cents on my lineups. But uh Josh, you had Kyle Larson as your lock of the week, and boy were you right.
1: Yeah, I got that right. Unfortunately, I didn't get the other four drivers around him right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I also lost money. I think I lost six bucks on the week. Dang. Um, but no big deal. Um, it was a lot of unlucky stuff. I lost Almarola, I lost Kyle Busch. Yeah, Truex not performing.
0: Yeah, if you had told me that, like Kyle Busch, Truex, and uh, Almerola would finish nineteenth or worse in this race. I would have been like, "You're dead wrong." There's no chance all three of them have bad days,
3: but here we are. <laughs> yeah, so
1: it's that's the way it goes. That's you know the risk that you run with NASCAR, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: it, it's almost
0: the the sport that I would say has the most luck involved because. You could have a car that's good, a crew chief that's good, a driver that's good, a good starting position, whatever you may say, and you either get caught up in a wreck or have an engine go wrong, and that could ruin the whole day. So always, always unfortunate when those things happen. If we look at our buy lows, which I already did talk about, Cole Custer I had, very happy that he did exactly what I was expecting of him. Uh, finishing 10th, great value, third most points, really happy with it. Josh, you're, uh, you're steady Eddie. Of Ryan Newman is no longer as steady as he once seemed.
1: Yeah, he was a little more eddy last week, wasn't he?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. That was too bad. I thought he was gonna just run his typical, just being around race, but he didn't look good ever. So yeah, bad beat on that one.
0: I that's another driver that I wouldn't have suspected suspected that from. Um, He's run decently well at the 750 tracks this year, kind of always, like you said, is steady, manages Stan lead lap, and then might close it out with the top 15, top 10, but not this week, unfortunately. Um, but if we look at the best value plays, um happy to say that Cole Custer was the best one, along with Daniel Suarez. They were both in the ideal lineup. Um, behind them, Bubba Wallace was actually a good play. His strategy of staying out worked out well for him. He finishes 11th. Not quite a top 10, but that is his best finish of the year, finishing 11th. So good to see 2311 race and get on the right track. Uh, Ross Chastain has another good performance. He's really shown that he's running well lately, finishes 15th in this race. Nothing special, but great for his price point for sure at uh, $5,000. i will take that every day. Uh, Tyler Reddick, another guy who had a great performance, finishes 8th at 7800 uh, Kurt Busch did well. I had him in a lineup um, that was unfortunately ruined by the Almirola wreck. Uh, he finishes 13th, which is basically where he should finish with a 8.5 price tag. Um, behind them, you had Brian Priest, Stenhouse, but that's kind of getting deep into the value plays. Follow the leader. Josh, I told you, if you, you know, if you have Larson as your lock and it's because he's going to lead a lot of laps, there's no reason to shy away from him and follow the leader and I'm glad you picked him because
1: uh, he was the right pick by far. Yeah, I thought that might have been cheating a little bit, but you're right; it makes sense. Yeah, I mean,
0: especially for lock of the week, I feel you're picking a lock and you know saying that they're going to do well in another category that just makes sense, right? Um, buy low and follow the leader. I would have been surprised because I don't know if anybody in the buy low section is ever going to lead a lot of laps, but um you had the right picks this week for sure in larson um unfortunate with the rest of your lineup but the other lap leaders were uh alex Bowman in the 48 leading 98 laps uh william biner in the 24 led 21 i had truex as my follow the leader he does lead 16 laps um, but that's pretty much just because he started there (laughs) he he led the laps he could and then he fell into oblivion uh the rest of the race so unfortunate and then denny hamlin Continues to just be solid every week, uh, finishes top 10 again, finishes 7th, leads 2 laps, uh, so he was on the follow the leaderboard, but by far, if you were going to have anybody, it was Larson followed by uh, Bowman for the most part. Number Cruncher, we did relatively well, both got 2 out of 3 right there, so that's nice to see. Alright, now it is time to look at the Circuit of the Americas, the inaugural race at this track for NASCAR, We've got qualifying. We've got practice. There's right turns to worry about. Practice. <laughs> yeah, practice. We got Alan practice? Iverson. Ellen Iverson would be confused. You um, <laughs> imagine telling Alan Iverson, "No practices this year, except for this one game."
1: You'd <laughs> be like, "Yeah, I'm sick. I'm sick that week." Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: So, uh, yeah, a lot of what we're going to talk about next is obviously super contingent on what we end up seeing in practice and qualifying. Uh, Practice is at 10 a.m. Saturday, I believe, Uh, qualifying 11 a.m. Sunday. So you can pretty much if you're if you're really locked into to racing on Sunday, I know there's a PGA championship going on, Josh. But if you tune into any racing, it's going to be F1 at Monaco in the morning, qualifying at Coda and then a race at Coda. Um, So if you're looking for a second screen next to the PGA, that's your best bet.
1: I will likely Uh, be qualifying in the race. Uh, It's going to be race slash PGA. Because the leaders won't tee off until about three. Yeah, that makes sense. Being Um, in South Carolina this week, uh, they'll have plenty of daylight until about eight o'clock. Yeah.
0: Uh, We will get to who we think uh, would be potential good bilo candidates or steer clear candidates, our locks of the week, and what we think might be good lineups. All of that, obviously, is contingent on the practice and qualifying, like I mentioned. So um, uh, we'll update how we feel about those after practice and after qualifying um, on Saturday and Sunday through the Twitter handle. It'll just be easier that way, quicker turnaround. Um, So that'll be at iRaceWeGamble. On Twitter, Um, check us out. And I know Josh, you're at, what, Josh Slimer?
1: Yeah, it's at Josh Slimer. All right.
0: You can definitely reach Josh at Josh Slimer if you want to ask him a question specifically. You don't want my terrible input. Understandable. Um, But yeah, so I, I think the first thing to touch on, and I started to say it, but I didn't want to cut you off, is Chase Elliott's got to be an instant lock. He's been dominating road courses. He looked like the guy to beat at Daytona Roval. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Okay.
1: You're so right that FanDuel added a new price
3: point for him.
1: That's that was my thought too. I could not believe Chase Elliott made 14.5. Friggin, Friggin' Jerks. I need that $500 in a lot of the ways I want to put my lineup together too. Oh, they know it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I could not believe that. It's like they do this as a business. Yeah, it's
0: it's probably their job. Um <sighs> Seriously, so jerks. <laughs> Chase Elliott breaks the, the price barrier of 14000 which we usually see as the highest price driver. He's a 14.5. Now, here's the only question I have for you, Josh. Is there anything you can imagine seeing in practice or qualifying that would dissuade you from picking Chase Elliott?
1: How many cars are they bringing for the weekend?
0: You mean like among the field? 40.
1: No. How many cars is each driver bringing? Uh, two two so if he wrecks both of them
3: (laughs) gotcha okay that's
1: yeah that's all i'm worried about um if he starts at the front he's an elite road uh road racer i think he's gonna stay in the front he's gonna lead enough laps if something bad happens in qualifying and he finishes 10th or 11th then bonus you get the extra place differential on top of it and it might have to be with the Watkins thing and
0: <laughs> Yeah. We did see him get his first win ever. That was kinda cool.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Um You can't you can't bet against this kid. What's he? He's got a doesn't he have a road course win streak going on right now? Uh no, because the know Daytona the Roval that. would've broke it.
0: Right, yes, you're right. But, but I think before that before I, it think then, it was I think was straight
1: Three or four?
0: Yeah, I think it was five. I think it was five because it was definitely five? Charlotte Roval, Daytona Roval, uh, Daytona Roval again. Want to say no? It was okay. So here's what it was. It, it was starts two at
1: Watkins, right?
0: Yeah, it starts at Watkins. He's won the last two races at Watkins, if not three, depending on my memory. Um, he ha- so the the thing I looked up that I think is the most interesting part of this is his record at Sonoma which is the road course on the West Coast. They didn't go there last year due to COVID. Um, and he's, his best finish there is fourth, which is fine, but he has had a lot of trouble there. He's never looked like the guy who's dominating like he does at Watkins Glen, like he's done at Charlotte, Roval, like he's done at Daytona, Roval. So I think that is curious because this track has some technical areas of it that are similar to Sonoma. But I can't deny that Since 2019, he's won, I think, every road course uh, after Watkins Glen. So if I do it in order, 2019 Watkins Glen, he won. 2020 was the COVID year, so you had uh, Charlotte Roval. Or no, sorry. Let me rewind, sorry. 2019, he wins at Watkins Glen. He wins at Charlotte Roval that same year. That's two wins. You start 2020. 2020. You have the COVID issue. They don't go to Sonoma. They don't go to Watkins Glen. They go back to the Daytona Roval. He wins there. That's three in a row. He wins at the Charlotte Roval again. That's four in a row. And then he could have won five in a row if he had won at the Daytona Roval this year. But obviously the rain came out and
1: screwed that up. So you had four going for five. Um, It'll be interesting with this track, too, if you're saying that it's closer to... Uh, Sonoma, mm-hmm. Sonoma then Watkins or these roval courses where he's been dominant do we have to think about differentiating, I don't want to say differentiating with this but Truex and Sonoma are synonymous with each other. Yes.
3: I Truex think Truex has won the
1: last two at Sonoma if I'm not mistaken.
3: That's right.
0: And one of the other drivers who always looks good at Sonoma is Kevin Harvick. So he should be in the back of your mind, I
3: think. Uh, I've got weekend. Kevin
1: Harvick at the front of my mind for this. Okay. <laughs>
3: There's a, out, lot that goes,
1: a lot that goes into that decision. We'll get to that a little more later. Um, for sure. But yeah, maybe if you if you're getting into the tournament and you want to be You know, I think it's a little. I think it's going to be a contrarian play because I don't think you're going to see a lot of people take Elliot and Truex in in tournament anyway. Yeah, I'm. That's how I'm starting my cash lineup. Though I'm starting it with Elliot and Truex.
0: That's how I'm starting my tournament lineup. Um.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's going to be different. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I don't think a lot of the tournaments are going to start out that way. Um. And people are gonna look at that Chase Elliott. I, you know, I I can see Chase Elliott being sixty percent started, and Truex being down at like thirty eight, which is still a high percentage.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But if he wins, you're knocking, you know, thirty percent of the field out of contention right off the bat.
0: Yeah, if it's the Chase Elliott and Truex show for this race, and as in they they win or they finish one, two, they lead basically all the laps. I think you're going to have to have them both in your lineup. And I think it's going to make the rest of your lineup really interesting
3: because they're so expensive. All right. So we talked about Chase Elliott. I think
0: even if it's the, the reason that Sonoma doesn't scare me off of Chase Elliott, by the way, is that when the Charlotte Roval was a brand new track, when the Daytona road course was a brand new track that none of these guys had raced on in these cars, who was looking like one of the best drivers there chase Elliott. So while it may have similarities to Sonoma, I think the fact that it's a brand new course and he has shown that when it comes to going to new road courses with these cars, he can be one of the best. That's what gives me even more confidence in chase to do well this weekend. Yeah. I think the only thing that'd scare me off is if he looked like he was 20th or worth than. In- 20th or worse in practice, and same thing for qualifying. I don't think that's even possible, but that's the only thing that could scare me off. All right. So we've talked a lot about a few different drivers here already. Um, I do want to point out, here are the drivers that are going to get some practice, some extra practice, not just the normal practice session, but they're going to race in the Xfinity race on Saturday.
1: I think this is a very important list.
0: I tend to agree with you. I think this is going to inform how we put our lineups together for sure. Um, just guys, just
1: having laps around the track in a race setting. Yeah. It, it,
0: regardless, I mean, like this is their first time there. There have been no laps run in any kind of car like this with these drivers ever. Um, yeah. I did. Let's I did see a segment Bristol dirt. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. And who did it's we see, tracks. Dominic? Yeah, exactly. Truex dominated the truck race and then dominated, well, did really well in the cup race until a flat tire, basically.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, I, I do agree with you there. Um, Turex isn't running any... Uh, the trucks are there I think this weekend. He's not running in those. He's not running in the Xfinity car, so he is lacking that extra practice. Um, the guys who are getting that practice, Kyle Busch, who's like we've talked about before, first of all, needs practice in qualifying to get his car right, but also has the extra bonus of running the Xfinity race. Watch out for him. Kevin Harvick, who we saw run the truck race at Bristol Dirt, and I think followed that up with a decent performance in the the cup car, right? Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and was decent in the dirt, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Austin Dillon?
1: In the the trucks. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Uh, Austin Dillon's
0: running in the Xfinity car on Saturday. AJ Allmendinger, who's running full-time in that vehicle. Uh, Cole Custer, going to be running in the Xfinity series, Tyler Reddick, and Austin Cindric, which that's his primary series as well. So two Xfinity regulars going to be in the Cup Series this weekend, and then one, two, three, four, five Cup regulars going to be making their way down to Xfinity this weekend. Those seven guys, I think, are definitely going to be another thing that we'll react to, give you our opinions based on how they do in that race on Twitter using the iRaceWeGamble account, or retweeting from our personal accounts either way. Um, so, given all that, Josh, do you have someone that you're looking at
1: under 9000
0: as your buy low?
1: Uh, uh, I just want to take the easy guy. Who's the easy guy? AJ <laughs> Albendinger. Yeah. Um, But I'm not going to
2: do it.
3: Interesting. Okay. Um,
2: Because...
1: I just I have a funny feeling, Crum, that we are gonna have to be able to have a driver that fits with Chase and Truex, mm-hmm. and I don't think you're gonna get a strong enough lineup by adding an eight thousand dollar driver to that. Okay. Or I would have to, I, I would have to nail the eight thousand dollar driver with Almondinger. Yeah, so Almendinger
0: okay. like, would have to finish like top
3: three for sure.
1: Yeah. So I'm actually going to go a lot further down. Okay. And uh, I'm going to go with the 96 of Ty Dillon.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: I like that he's only 4500 which is significantly more expensive than we usually see him in. And I just like... I like the drivers who have Cup Series experience who come up for special races.
0: He does have a decent amount of experience. He was full-time last year, not this year. Um, So I, I, I understand completely where you're coming from there for sure.
1: And it gives me a lot. It basically leaves the entire field as possible additions to him.
0: Yeah, he's uh, four point five thousand. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, which definitely on the cheap end. Anything under five, maybe five and below, I would consider like almost a must-have in this race. Um, because you, you're, like I said, Chase Elliott's an extra five hundred cheaper. You've got a lot of the guys that we expect to do well at very high price points. So it's it's tough to create a lineup without some cheap guys in there.
1: Right, and this all. Yeah, you know, we'll mention it a few more times, I'm sure. But you know, if De Benedetto, McDowell, Busher, and uh, Suarez go out and all qualify in the top ten,
0: right? That could change it. Then I sure. don't.
1: Then you might not need an under five thousand because you can take your pick of all those middle of the range guys and still take two. Yep. guy you you can take a Kyle Busch and a Chase Elliott or something like that. So. The yeah. so qualifying is gonna matter.
0: Yep, it's gonna be very important to see how our thoughts change. Um, do you want to take a guess at who my buy low is?
1: Almondinger.
0: No, I like. I mean, <laughs> I I think he's on the short list for sure because he's uh he's eight thousand. Is that right? Eight point two or eight? Um, he's eight. Yep. Yeah, eight thousand. That's that's definitely a price point that I like. AJ Almendinger at. Although I will give the caveat that I think Almendinger's a high risk, high reward kind of deal. Um, I think he could finish fifth. I think he'd finish 20th. So keep that in mind. Um, I am going to go with the guy I mentioned earlier in James Davison. I, I was shocked when I went back and looked at the Daytona Roller Race at how well he did. I also found out through his post race interview uh, right. for he the. he always
1: got a one up me.
0: You know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> um his post-race interview after he won the pro invitational he has raced this track before he's one of the few drivers who's been at this track in a sports car uh race so i, I just think that past experience shows he knows what he's doing in iRacing, racing which i get is not the same thing as real life um but the fact that i went back and watched daytona Rover race and before that rain caution came out he was running 15th are you kidding me if if he finished 15th in the in that car, that would be like a great day for him. In fact, he said that his goal for this race this weekend is a top 20. That's how low the bar is because he's in an underfunded team. So he can't expect to be, you know, the best guy on the track. But if he can avoid the wrecks, not get into any issues, and just run a clean race with his experience at this track, I like him. He's only 3,000. I think he'll be a great addition to your lineup if you're trying to get those expensive guys in. So, he's my buyout so high.
1: I like it. I like it a lot. Wolf. You told me all this a little bit earlier and I started messing around with my lineup. <laughs> um, cuz I think I sent I sent you a really really early lineup where I had Kyle yeah. Tilly in the 78. That's I don't like him as much, final but I could be off. Out. That. But I could get James Davidson in, so I switched it up. Good to hear.
0: If I'm if I'm wrong, then I'll feel terrible.
1: <laughs> How wrong can you be for 3,000, though? Fair point. It opens up um, a lot of possibilities at the top.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, I am curious about 78, uh, Kyle Tilly. I, I mean, like, you know, this is one of those things where between Davison and Tilly, you know, practice could tell us a whole lot. If I see that those two are both bottom 10 in practice... Maybe I'll back off that choice. If I see one of them pop up into the top 20, it's like, oh, okay, that's the the buy low you really want. Um, So again, we'll update these if we need to. Uh, Josh, I'm curious, 9000 and above, we have a new $9,000 driver. It's no longer Christopher Bell this week. Uh, He won the last road course race, if you don't remember. Uh, Kurt Busch is our $9,000 driver this week. Is there a steer
3: clear that you have for this race?
1: You know, steer clear has been a little bit tough for me here. Both of us, um, to be fair. <sighs> <laughs> um. So I think I'm gonna kind of weasel my way out of the out of this. Um, I'm gonna take the two of Kozlowski to stay away from. Okay. Um. Just the uh, not great showings in the last two races. Um. There's just nothing exciting about him right now. Maybe a little bit too much distraction with the announcement of the team change and becoming a part owner. Um, And I'm just, yeah, I think he'll just have a middling day. I, I
0: can't uh, disagree with that, honestly. Um, I mean, I didn't think he looked great at the Roval. He was doing a little better than I thought he did when I went back and looked at it, but he never was in contention or even close to what Joy Lagana was doing in that race. Um, so I, I don't hate fading Kozlowski this week for sure. Um, for me, the other guys that are potential uh, drops that I wouldn't go for are Blaney and Bowman. I know Bowman's coming off the win. Bowman's looked decent at the Roval. Blaney has looked decent at the Roval, specifically Charlotte. But at Daytona, they did not look as good. I've never seen them do very well at Sonoma either. So if we have a little bit of Sonoma influence in this race, I think those are two guys. I think I'll hitch my wagon to Blaney because he's more expensive. So I'll say Blaney's the the worst play this week um, out of out of the nine thousand and up guys. Um, I do like your pick of Keselowski though. So um, hopefully we're we're right for once on these. Um, apparently Penske's not our not our choice this week (laughs) okay josh lock of the week who do you got who's your must-have aside from chase Elliott.
1: we've agreed no chase Elliott, right yep yeah we have my lock of the week is the four of kevin harvick
0: hey oh front of mine indeed
1: yep um so here's the here's my rationale Very talented driver. He's been looking a lot better as of late. He's been very consistent. He is to the price point that makes his consistency worth it in fantasy lineups. He is going to get some experience on this track in Xfinity. And when you're a talented driver who goes out and learns what the track's all about, in an actual race setting cuz I know we do have practice and qualifying. I think that is huge. I think he could be priced up to 12.5 and I would still take him. Uh but at 11.3 he's averaging 57 fantasy points a week. So if he stays at that number um you know I'm I'm going to be really happy with him. I think he'll qualify i don't know i think he'll qualify in like the six to ten range but he's a, a talented driver who's who is gonna have you know that yesterday experience so i think he'll have an idea of what corners are better to pass on uh where there's grip on the track and just little things, little details like that that i think are gonna set him apart there is another driver uh, a little bit more expensive, maybe at twelve five. That I also really like this week. Uh, does his name start with Kyle and end with Bush? It sure does. <laughs> um, and for for all the same reasons as I'm saying for Harvick right now, I really like both of them. If you want to get away from the chase and tr- picks, I think uh, Kyle and Harvick are are two solid choices this week. Uh, but lock me in for the four. Nice. Um...
0: Yeah, it sounds like uh Kyle Bush and Kevin Harvick are the are the bargain version of Chase Elliott and Martin Truex.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I'm feeling.
0: Yeah, like you can get a good sale. Allow you to spend your money elsewhere if you'd like. Um, okay. Yeah, I like that pick a lock. Um, he's definitely in a lineup of mine. And uh, I have so I have I have two guys or no, sorry, I have three guys that are in all three of my lineups. So the first one's Chase Elliott, right? Obvious. The second one is Kyle Busch, but I don't want to make him my lock in back-to-back weeks. My third guy that I have in all three lineups, who do you think it is?
1: AJ Allmendinger. No. But oh, I, man. I just guess. guessed yeah, it over and over <laughs> and over again. AJ mm-hmm. Allmendinger, if you guys haven't figured it out yet, is also a road course specialist. Yeah. So... The fact that he's available for eight thousand this week is really, really juicy. Unless he yeah. looks terrible in practice and qualifying. Yep. and also in the Xfinity race. Yeah, you know, he's I'm, yeah. You've got a lot to go on. He's off gonna of. have that experience too. Boy, I love the idea of starting a lineup with Harvick, Kyle and Almendinger. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at all. Um, for a for a tournament. Maybe I'll get a quarter tournament in there. I'm putting a note right now. Quarter tournament. K B K H A J A.
3: There you
1: go. Um So
3: it's not so, AJ.
1: Um you're not going to lock in the 15. Correct. That's he's not my luck.
3: That's too, too cheap. Old. Too cheap. Yep.
1: Ah um, Hold on, let me pull up the field again real quick.
0: I was gonna I... say you could look at my spreadsheet and probably try to suss it out from there.
1: Yeah, that seems a little cheap, though. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: boy, I don't know. Um,
1: I don't think you're going lower than Almondinger. So I'm gonna my next guess, and this would be my last guess, would be the twenty of Bell. I great
0: pick. I don't hate him in a lineup for sure. He's another good like value candidate, 100. One, at the D- Daytona Roval looked really good there. Ran in the top five all day, basically. Um, but no, my pick, my lock, which I like. I honestly can't believe it's my lock. It is cheaper than AJ Almendinger at six thousand. Austin Dillon in the three. Really? Yeah, I think for six thousand, you can't go wrong. I think he. Finishes top 15. He ran top 15 at the Daytona Roval. He's always been... He's almost like that steady Eddie that you talk about with Newman at road courses, to, from my understanding and looking at some of the data on him. So... Interesting. I like him for 6000 I think he frees up a lot of budget at that price and that's what allowed me to make the lineups I liked. Um, and so he slotted into both my tournament and my cash lineup this week.
1: Yeah, that's uh that's useful. I'm having... uh Where am I having flashbacks to? Darlington? Oh, where he did not do so hot? Yeah. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to Darlington where I made him my lock. Very different different track. (laughs) Very, very different track. It's going to be interesting to see how this goes, the fact that it's over three miles with some real big long straightaways. This is the
0: longest track that NASCAR, I think, probably has ever raced on, if I'm... Mm -hmm. Unless I'm missing something, it's up there.
1: Yeah, and hairpin turns and it's it's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm it's I'm excited. A fun. I'm a little concerned that the it's only 68 laps, which is the I think yeah, the least amount of laps I've seen in a long time. Um, but I'm a little concerned that it'll get so strung out so quickly that it'll get a little boring. Um, hopefully, there's enough good battles back in the pack with people trying to move up and all that stuff that it you know is entertaining. But I'm a little concerned it might be a little bit uh, boring this weekend. Um, do really we
1: think we're gonna get lap traffic.,
0: oh, not I mean, there'll be a few guys, maybe can like four or five at, guys can can that are way off that the pace
1: a little bit,
0: yeah, it'll be those like you know that guy that's like way off the pace. for like, what is he even doing on the track? He gets lapped in like 10 laps, right?
1: Yeah, he comes there'll be, flying There'll be a he few comes, of those. <laughs> comes around turn two, 40 seconds after everybody else. Yeah. Like, Marrr. our good buddy <laughs> Matt cheers for him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Matt loves an underdog, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think there'll be a few lap down cars, but it, lap traffic should not be an issue. This track is gigantic. Um, the lap times are over a minute longer than
3: Watkins Glen. So think of it that way.
1: Yeah, you run one one lap around it, you run a 5k.
3: Exactly. It's um, a big one. Austin Dillon, Austin I Dillon. will say,
0: he has a bad record at road courses in general in terms of his driver rating, um, which is scaring me a little bit. You got to buy low, sell high? <laughs> I could have. I, that that was the issue, is I had to find someone cheaper than him that I could buy low, sell high.
1: I do like the Davison pick, though. Yeah, I'm
0: hoping that works out for me. Um, Alright, so I've already given away most of my lineups. I'm curious, though, what is what is your tournament lineup looking at looking like at this point?
1: Yeah, I've given away a lot of my lineups, too. Um, at this point for the tournament, I am starting with Chase Elliott. I've got my Laka Harvick. I really like Almendinger, so I have him in there. And then the fact that my second two were eleven three and eight thousand really gave me some wiggle room to to do some things and I just picked two drivers for the tournament that I like and I think they've been having good years. There's something about the ninety nine of swords and there's something about the twenty four of Byron that yeah. I really, really like this week because they're just to me, they seem to be like the young, fun, go-getters. I just love getting behind the wheel of this car and going out racing, guys. And I think the road course is just going to let them, you know, explore that, like, adventurous side of being a race car driver. And I think that could bode well for them. Uh, so I got Suarez in my tournament lineup, in the 24 will come back up again in a minute.
0: Yeah, I was going to say Suarez is a guy that I like. Um, I was disappointed I really couldn't figure out a way to fit him in my lineup just based on his price point. I think it's fine, but I think my problem is that like I end up reaching above him and below him. I like He would be an okay pick if I could find someone else near him that I really liked. To be fair, actually, what I would do if I had Suarez is I would throw Cole Custer in there. Um, Cole Custer is somebody that I saw run really well at the Daytona road course that I didn't expect. Um, going back and looking at how he ran in the race, he was near the top 10 early in the race, he was near the top 10 before the rain caution came out. That tells me he understands road courses better than I would have thought. Um, so I like him a lot too, I guess. If I if I was pairing with Suarez, I'd go Custer myself personally. Alright, for my tournament lineup though, I didn't pick either of those guys, so I guess I can't say that. No. Um, <laughs> What I did is I started with the 9 of Chase Elliott. Like I said, I just I feel like he is so likely to win the race and lead a lot of laps, or if he doesn't, even if he leads like half the laps, I, because he starts in like 10th, I, I think he moves up 9 spots, and I think that makes up for it. So um, Chase Elliott, Truex, I think is the second best guy um, because if it is like Sonoma, X, like you mentioned, is kind of the guy at Sonoma. Um, and he's also good at Watkins Glen and road courses in general. So Truex, I feel like, is the second best road racer right now based on recent results. I have both of them. I have Kyle Busch in the 18 because with practice and the Xfinity race, I think he will find a way to make, be fast in this race. Um, he's been bitten by bad luck a lot at the road courses, so hopefully that doesn't happen. Otherwise, I'm screwed. Um, and then it's down to my Bilo candidate and James Davison, in the 15. Oh, well, frees me up enough space to fit Austin Dillon in. Um, zero salary remaining in this lineup. So I really maximized my budget as best I could because I feel like you got to have some of those high price guys. And I don't think a lot of people, like you mentioned, are going to have Chase and Truex, the two highest price guys, um, alongside James Davison at 3,000. I think that those three guys in a lineup is going to be pretty rare. Um, so if that can get the most points, I'm going to be feeling good.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: so I feel like there's some safety in that lineup with the nine and the 19, which mm-hmm. is why I start my cash lineup with the nine <laughs> and the 19. Um, right. I think it guarantees me, I don't want to say it guarantees me the race winner, but I think it gives me a 30% shot at the race. I think winner. it gives you
0: a, I think it gives you more than a 50% shot to be
1: totally honest. Interesting. Um, so I start with them. And then I add $10,000, the 24, Will Byron. Yep. So if we're doing the math at home, we're <laughs> starting to stretch again. Yep, we um, sure are. I still really like Uh So okay. when I started looking at my lineup, the first thing I said was for cash, I wanted to try to get Chase, Truex, and Almendinger into a lineup. So those three were the first three I threw in. Will Byron, for the same reason why I talked about Suarez earlier, I just think he is going to go out and have fun. And that's going to translate into a really good race. And then you've talked me into the 15 of Davison. I, uh, (laughs) you know, like I said earlier, I had Tilly in there, but if Davison has experience uh, in stock cars on this track and clearly is pretty good on the road... Um, good enough for a $3,000 price tag. He'll, yeah. uh, he should give me just enough if I have four of the top ten in uh, Chase Truex, Byron, and Almendinger. Absolutely. And the nice thing is you've got practice and qualifying to find out if he
0: really is got the speed that I think he does. Um, so, worst case scenario you, you find out that you need to swap him out with uh, 78 or Maybe Austin Dillon isn't as good as I thought, or maybe AJ Allmendinger looks slower than we thought, and you know we have to redo the bottom of our lineups. But like I said, we'll we'll keep you up to date with iRace. We gamble on Twitter um, or our own tw- personal Twitter accounts to make sure that you know what we're planning on changing, if anything.
1: Yeah, and, the, and these these prices aren't going to change either.
0: No, that's the crazy so, thing. So
1: Davison can go out and qualify ten.
0: Yeah, and you'd be like, hell yeah.
1: <laughs> all, then, all of a sudden, then all of a sudden you maybe you don't want him in your tournament lineup because then all of a sudden be super common. everyone's yeah. gonna have him. Yeah. If, if you're not looking if you're doing the tournament just to get into the money, then I think he's still a good play. But if you're trying to win it, then you gotta differentiate. But you know, it could happen and then all of a sudden he's one of the juiciest drivers in the whole docket.
0: Absolutely. I will say that um, my new cash and tournament strategy, because <laughs> I keep messing around with what, I, like, what tournaments I enter, is I'm entering a 50-50 that I feel very confident in winning, and I'm entering the highest-priced like price tournament that I see featured that's under $5. So if I lose the tournament and win my 50-50, I come out on the positive, and the tournament is still worth... Participating. So my tournament entry is $2.22 this week, um, oh, yeah. which tournament that is. Um, and then my 50-50, I just usually do the $5 tournament, unless I feel super confident, and then maybe I'll do the $10. Um, but for my cash lineup, I've already talked about the three guys that are in both. That's the Chase Elliott in the nine, Austin Dillon in the three, Kyle Busch in the 18. Uh, if you combine those prices, you're looking at $23,000 for those three drivers. So you've got a remaining set. No, that can't be right. Must be thirty-three 33000 Thinking, yeah. So thirty-three thousand between those three. That leaves you with seventeen remaining, which is not bad at all, in my opinion. Um, so with that, I went Ross zane in the forty-two for five point five, and Kevin Harvick at eleven point three thousand in the four. Um, I think Kevin Harvick has a good week. I think Kyle Bush has a good week. Chase Elliott. I feel like you can't leave out of your lineup. I like Austin Dillon for his price, and I like Ross Chastain for his price. So um, those are a couple more buy-low potential candidates if you're looking for those um, outside of Dillon, Davison, um, and who did you say yours was? The '96 Ty Dillon. Um, yeah. Obviously, all dependent on practice and qualifying. If you see somebody in the bottom end jump out at you and practice,
3: and maybe that's the guy to go for, um, at least in cash, in my opinion
2: yeah absolutely
1: um one other thing that we got to look at uh there Crum, is the weather
3: oh i was waiting i was gonna bring it up and i kept waiting i
0: kept waiting and you got to it
1: well it's (laughs) it's usually the last i it's usually the thing that i do when we sign the podcast off but it's true yeah it's gonna be raining on saturday
0: and sunday potentially
1: it's probably gonna be raining on sunday
0: The one thing I I saw, I will say, is I hope it's rain and not lightning. Because lightning means red flag, rain means rain
1: tires. Right, right. Because we're on the road course, they're going to run in the rain. So, I'm just going to throw this out into the universe. Yep. If we get to Sunday morning, and they're qualifying in the rain, and it looks like it's going to keep up, I'm throwing a tournament out there of Kyle, Kevin, Austin Dillon, Almendinger, and Custer. 100%. Because I, I know I can make that work and they will have all already ran in the rain on Saturday.
0: Yeah. Having the, the rain experience on Saturday would be huge, huge for those guys. Um, I, I totally agree. I, I hope it's a rain race because rain races, number one, are just more exciting and better because you don't know what's going to happen.
1: Um, I hope probably keep field closer together, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, so this has happened one other time in a real race at the top, top level in Cup Series. And it was the Roval, I think, last year it rained, um, if I'm remembering correctly. I know the Xfinity race was a down torrential downpour. It was crazy. Uh, Almendinger ended up winning that, by the way. Um, and it rained on Sunday, too, for the Cup race. And it sort of dried out as they were running, so they had to like switch on to dry tires. There was no caution for that, so that's how it should be. Um, and so I think I remember it was either Ty Dillon or Austin Dillon led laps in that race because they were able to get onto the dry tires and use them in, while the track was still wet, but they were good enough at driving that car to, to keep it under control and gain time on the guys on the wet tires. So the Dillon brothers, or I think it was Ty specifically, I think he's one to definitely look out for. I liked, I like your buy low pick and I like it even more if it rains. Um, yeah. So. Really curious to see how this weekend goes. Excited for some right turns.
1: It's only Thursday night when we're recording, so keep your yep. eye on the forecast.
0: Yeah, I'm going to try to get this out Friday morning um, or Friday during the day, and then, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the forecast, and I'll be uh, tweeting as much as possible from the new uh, Twitter account to update you guys as, as things develop over the weekend.
1: I race, we gamble is the handle.
3: That's great. Right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week.